What's up, church? How's everybody doing? Well, I'm so glad that you're here. And uh, I was on the front row wrestling a little bit, questioning whether I should tell the story uh, and how I kicked off things in the first service. This has been a, a rough past week for me. I feel like anything that could go wrong, did go wrong, and it was a challenge and a struggle to be able to study for this message today. And as I was kind of wrestling and, and asking the Lord, you know, do I, do I tell them again? I kind of thought, well, I don't want the 1130 to think I play favorites with the 930, and so I probably should tell them. But I felt like the Holy Spirit whispered to me on the front row and said, just tell them that breakthrough is in the house. And so... I don't know what hell you had to walk through to get here today. I don't know what darkness you might find yourself in today, but I feel like the Lord wants you to know that breakthrough is here for those who are willing to step into it, that God wants to set you free, that God wants to do a work in your life, and it's gonna require you to step out in faith at some point, but I believe that if you'll do it, that God will meet you there, and God is going to move in your situation. So would you pray for me this morning? Ask God to give me some supernatural strength and energy, and I'm gonna pray for you and ask God to do what only his word can because the things that I say can't change anybody's life, but I believe with all of my heart that this word can, and that's what I'm gonna bring to you today. So let me pray. Dear Holy Father, I thank you for every person that is in this place. Father, I thank you that breakthrough is here, and I'm just asking right now that you would anoint your word and that it would go forth to do, God, what you have intended for it to do. I pray that every heart would be open to receive what you have for them today. And I just ask right now in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, move on the hearts of your people. Lord, whether they're here online, God, whatever they're walking through, let them know that you are near, you are present, and you are ready to meet their needs. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, as I was prepping for today, I, I, I started thinking about this message, and there is one particular thing that came to my mind. Now, I know when you look at me, you're assuming that's a tough guy right there. That's, no, you guys laugh too. That's not, that's not a joke. No, I'm just kidding. I know that I don't look tough. I don't look like somebody that, that would get into a fight, and you'd be absolutely right. I'm a lover and not a fighter. I don't even know if I'm that, but I, I'm definitely not a fighter. But here's the deal. There is one situation that if you catch me in it, I will take on anybody and anything. And that's if you mess with my children. There is something about my baby girls calling out for their dad that turns me into a vessel of destruction is the best way I know how to describe it. I'm a little upset that my wife laughs so hard. That's okay, though. And this particularly happens, specifically happens, in the middle of the night. I don't care how long I've been asleep. I don't care how deep of a sleep that I'm in. If I hear one of my children call out my name and it sounds like they're in trouble, I immediately shoot out of the bed 
and head down the hallway looking for them, fists ready because I don't have any weapons and hoping for the best and ready to take on the world to protect my kids. And here's the crazy thing is I have been through my hallways and walked by furniture and walls a million times, but there is something about walking around in the dark. It's as if somebody moves the furniture and the corners of the wall just to catch that pinky toe on your foot just right. And I love my girls, but they are filthy children. I don't know any other way to say it. They're messy and they leave things everywhere. Not big things that I could simply step over, but small, sharp objects like Legos that in the light seem pretty insignificant and not like a big deal, but in the darkness, I will go from hulking up to stepping on something small and tiny and suddenly being at the verge of tears because of the pain that is coursing through my body. And inevitably, when this happens, or if my wife is running towards my kids and it happens, we always yell out the same thing. Turn the light on so I can see what I'm dealing with, so I can see what just enlarged itself in my foot, so I can know what's going on. And when I think about that today, I think that for many people, they find themselves in a spiritual dark place and find themselves walking through dark situations and maybe even having some dark things on the inside of them. And I believe that for those, the word of the Lord today is turn the light on. That no matter what you may be walking through, no matter what you may be going through, no matter how dark or bad or awful or over it may seem, that if you'll just turn on the light and allow Jesus to illuminate the situation, he's gonna expose everything that seems too big and he's gonna deal with every situation that seems to overcome you. And today, I'm gonna give you four truths of the light to help you see how to receive this breakthrough and to expose what the enemy is trying to use to intimidate your life. If you've got your Bibles, open them with me to John chapter eight. And I wanna read starting with verse 12. And I wanna read this whole passage to you. And then I'm gonna break it down so you understand who the light of the world is. It says in verse 12 that when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Notice he didn't say I was. He didn't say I might be. He didn't say I could be. He said, I am the light of the world. And whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The Pharisees challenged him, here you are appearing as your own witness. Your testimony is not valid. Jesus answered, even if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is valid, for I know where I have come from and where I am going. 
There's something powerful about knowing your identity, knowing who you belong to, and knowing where you're going. But you have no idea where I come from or where I am going. You judge by human standards. I pass judgment on no one. But if I do judge, my decisions are right because I am not alone. I stand with the Father who sent me. In your own law, it is written that the testimony of two men is valid. I am one who testifies for myself. My other witness is the Father who sent me. Then they asked him, where is your father? You do not know me or my father, Jesus replied. If you knew me, you would know my father also. He spoke these words while teaching in the temple area near the place where the offerings were put. Yet no one seized him because his time had not yet come. I want to help give some context to this scene because I think oftentimes we miss the power and the gravity of Jesus's statement because we don't fully understand the context in which he is saying it. Now, if we are to take this at face value that the way that John has arranged this chapter is happening in chronological order, then just before Jesus makes this statement, he has encountered a woman who was caught in the act of adultery. And Jesus' final words to her are to go and sin no more, that he had forgiven her. I don't have time to go through all of that. I taught on that a while back. You could go check that out. But after this, Jesus comes out to this courtyard area that would have been busy and would have been crowded and full of people where they were giving their offerings. And Jesus begins to make this bold declaration. Now, when Jesus says this, it is taking place during the Feast of Tabernacles. Mark taught on this a little bit last week, and it's, it's this celebration where everyone gathers, and they're celebrating what God has done and how he led them out of Egypt, how he kept them, how he took care of them. And in particular, when Jesus is making this statement, he is making it at a time where they had something called the illumination of the temple. And while this isn't a great representation, if you can imagine, within this courtyard, they had these giant four candelabras that they would light on fire on the first night. And this light would be so bright that it would pierce through the night and the darkness, and it would light up the entire temple. In fact, it was so bright when it would burn that it would be seen throughout Jerusalem. There wouldn't have been a courtyard that wouldn't have seen the light that was coming from the temple. In fact, during this time, the priests and those that were gathered there would begin to sing and they would begin to worship and thank God for him being their light and for leading them. And so when Jesus makes this statement, he full well knows what they are celebrating. He knows about the illumination of the temple. And now he is making the bold statement that I am the light of the world. I am the light for mankind. And if they will follow me, they will not walk in darkness. I don't know if you know this, but that's the reason that we gather as a church. It's not to entertain you. 
It's to not make you feel good. And, and, and it's not so that you can hopefully hear your favorite worship song and maybe hear something that makes you laugh and feel good. And maybe you liked one song, but weren't crazy about the last two. And you didn't like this and you didn't like that. We gather together as a people to worship the one who came and gave it all so that we could be set free. And so there is a boldness in Jesus standing before all of the people and the religious leaders and making a statement that he is the light of the world. The first truth that I want to bring to you is this. The light is attractive and leads us out of darkness, but walking into it is a choice. Notice in the beginning of this text in verse 12 that Jesus says, whoever follows me. That means we have a choice as to whether or not we will walk in the light of Jesus and receive the life that he provides for us. I have found that for many people, there, there are many things that they do in darkness and under the covering of night, thinking that nobody knows what they're doing, doing it in secret all the while, having all of this built up guilt and condemnation on the inside, looking at things on their phone that they think their spouse doesn't know about as they're laying in bed, doing things, going places that they think nobody will ever find out about, nobody will ever know about. And so when they actually come to church, it's because maybe there's a chance. There's that what if, that maybe if, if I show up, maybe something in my life will change. Because for a lot of people, they try to clean up themselves before they actually get here. They try to fix it on their own. I don't know if you've ever known anybody like that. I tend to sometimes have that personality that if there's a problem or if something's broken or if I'm walking through something, I don't want to tell anybody about it. I don't want to talk to anybody about it. I just want to try to fix it on my own. And for a lot of people, they'll do this and they'll try to do that and they come to the end of themselves and they say, well, I've exhausted all other options. So God, I guess I'll give you one chance and I'll show up one time. And if you really love me and if you really care, maybe you'll fix what's broken in my life. But can I tell you that as attractive as the light is and as attractive as it may be that Jesus could heal you and set you free and, and remove brokenness from your life, there are many people that will come to church every single week. They'll see the light, they'll hear the truth, and yet they will walk right out back into the darkness that they walked in with. Why? I think because for some people, the darkness is so overwhelming. The self-condemnation is so great that they fear that if they come into the light, it won't just expose all of the darkness that's going around them, but it might actually begin to expose some things that are broken on the inside of them. That's why it says in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. 
Jesus longs to have you in his presence and Jesus longs to do a work in your life, but he's not gonna force you there. And I'm telling you, for some of you today, today is going to be your day that you step out of the dysfunction you've been living in most of your life and step into the freedom of who God has called you to as his anointed son and daughter, somebody that has a plan, a purpose, and a destiny in their life. Truth number two, the power of the light comes from the source. You'll notice that after Jesus makes this statement that immediately the Pharisees come up to him and begin to challenge him, saying there's no way that you can say this about yourself because you're testifying about yourself, you're a witness unto yourself, and therefore it is invalid because these leaders fail to recognize that Jesus walks in power because of who he is, where he comes from, and because of who he is connected to. And can I tell you that in the same way that Jesus walked in authority and power, that you and I, by having the light of life on the inside of us, that we walk with that same power, that same authority to dispel darkness, some of you don't realize you don't have to come to a pastor for every situation and problem that you have going on in your life. It doesn't mean we can't help you. It doesn't mean that we won't pray for you. But I want you to have the understanding and the realization that the same prayers that I pray, you can pray. The same authority that I walk in, you walk in. Not because you're special, but because of who he is and who he's connected to. John 14, 12 through 14 says this, very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Now listen, this does not mean that you have a magic lamp and everything you ask him for, as long as you say in Jesus' name, that means you get it. So don't walk out of here today and say, I command a new car to show up in my garage in Jesus' name and think when you open that garage, there's gonna be a new car there, okay? He's not a genie there to make your wishes come true. But what it does mean is that the power that Jesus walked in, the power to heal, the power to tear down brokenness, the power to see people set free, the power to see people healed and made whole, that is the same authority that we walk in. And when he says, greater things will you do in my name, that doesn't mean that it's gonna be fancier, that doesn't mean it's gonna be louder, it means it's gonna be multiplied. That what he did is now living on the inside of each of us, and we have the authority to see God move in our situations. When I first got into ministry, I thought that prayer time was a time to beg God for everything. If I got in a rough situation, you know, I'd do the, the, you know, the Christian cry and, oh, God, please, you know, just God, please come through. And when I went to St. Louis, I started working for a pastor and he, he, he began to teach us the power of praying in authority that you have the power to tell your enemy to flee, that you have the authority 
to see God move in your situation. And I realize that for many of us, the reason that we have such weak prayers and that we go so, through so many situations isn't because the authority isn't there, but it's because you don't know who you're connected to. And if you ever got it in your spirit to understand that you are connected to the God who created everything, then you won't fear what man can do to you. You won't worry about the financial difficulties you may be walking through because you understand I serve a God who provides all of my needs. And if you're going through sickness today and you say, man, I don't know what I'm going to do and I don't know how to get better. You serve a God who is a healer. And you have that authority on the inside of you. And for some of you, you think the only place that you can receive this is when you walk into these doors. But the truth is that the light of Jesus was never meant to just stay here. It's meant to go with us everywhere we go to help us deal with every situation that we walk through. Truth number three. The light illuminates and dispels darkness. Did you know that light and darkness cannot coexist? That the minute you turn the light on in any darkened space, the darkness doesn't just hang around and diminish, it has to go. And here in our text, when Jesus declares that he is the light of the world and he talks about where he came from, all of a sudden, his doubters begin to challenge him. Well, who is your father? Who's your daddy? And I don't know about you, but there's something about having my authority challenged that just, especially my children, they do it all the time. And And Jesus' authority is challenged. They question who he is. And here's what I realize, is that when doubters question Jesus, it doesn't diminish who he is. It merely exposes who they are. And for a lot of us, we don't realize that if we would just turn the light on, the darkness would have to go. And here's what the enemy does. When the enemy realizes that he can no longer convince you that you don't have this light, what he'll do is he'll try to make himself appear like something he's not and try to make himself appear bigger than the one that you're walking with. My my daughter... Um, My youngest, Amelia, has her father wrapped around her finger. We have that kind of relationship. I told him at 930, if she called me and said, Dad, I need you right now, there's a good chance I would walk off the stage to go take care of her. And at nighttime, she somehow convinces me to, like, expand it as long as humanly possible until I think she just passes out in pure exhaustion. And the new thing that she started to do is after we've read our story, she's got a lamp that sits next to her bed and she loves to make shadow puppets. And dad is a master at shadow puppets. My game is strong. I do this bunny that has like a nose and teeth. It's incredible, okay? If you wanna hear about it, come see me after the service and I'll show you how you can impress your children, okay? And so we'll do these shadow puppets. And what she loves is that if she positions herself just right in front of the light, she can make her shadow appear big and scary and like it can gobble up and destroy whatever dad's shadow looks like and whatever dad is. But can I tell you something? I'm never afraid when I see her shadows 
Because the truth is, if I reposition that light just correctly, it will expose what is there and cause her giant shadow to merely go away. Which helps me to understand what it says in Psalms chapter 23 and verse 4, when it says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me, and your rod and your staff, they comfort and console me. Your enemy would love for you to be convinced that he is bigger than your God, that he is better than what the word tells you you have the authority to do, that your situation is too far gone, that you're too broken to be used again, that whatever you're walking through is hopeless. And I just came to tell you today that if you would just take the light of Jesus and you would begin to walk it into your situation, it would begin to expose the lies of the enemy and expose the shadows that appear to be engulfing you and expose him for the nothingness that he truly is. Truth number four, and I'm going to close with this today. The light isn't meant to stay inside four walls. The light is meant to be brought to darkened places. Some of you think that in order to find hope, you always got to show up at church. And this isn't me telling you stop showing up at church, but I'm just telling you that when Jesus lights up your life, it says in verse 12, that whoever follows him will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And for some of you, the problem that you have is not that Jesus is not with you. It's just that you're not turning on the light and exposing what's in front of you. I want to read to you the last charge that Jesus gave to his disciples before he went back to heaven. He said in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, it says, then Jesus came to them, the disciples, and he said, all authority in heaven and on earth. Did you hear what I said? He didn't say some authority. He said all authority. He didn't just say in heaven. He said, and on earth, all authority has been given to me. Some of you are afraid because you don't know who's in charge down here on earth. And I got news for you. There are a lot of people that think they run this world. But I've read the end of this book. And I can tell you we win. And they don't have as much power and authority that they think that they have. Because the authority doesn't belong to politicians and kings and queens. All authority belongs to the king of kings. And if you'd ever enter, in, enter him into your life and your situation, he would make a way where there is no way. He said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. That's weird because I always thought it was therefore come. Tell everybody to come. But he didn't say that. He said, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son 
and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. I don't know if you caught it, but in verse 16, Jesus said, I am not alone. I stand with the Father who sent me. And then the final command that Jesus gives to us is for us to be sent and to go. And some of you don't realize that Jesus was sent and so are you. Because this light isn't meant to stay here. It's meant to go with you. It's meant to go into those situations you think that nobody knows about. It's meant to deal with the darkness that you've been running from and trying to hide from and trying to deal with yourself. Jesus wants to deal with it. Some people think it's my job. It's every pastor's job to go out there. Well, I mean, if, if things are gonna get better, those pastors better start doing a little bit more. They better start providing some events that I'd like to come to and bring some people to. They better put on more programming for me so that I can get my next fix. Not understanding that this didn't say just to the pastors. This is a command to each of us because there are people in your life that I'll never meet. There are people you'll talk to I'll never have the chance to speak with. And you have the ability to see them find freedom, hope, and a future. Not because of you, but because of the light that you carry. Now, I told you at the beginning of this message that I felt like the Holy Spirit said that breakthrough is in this house. But I also told you that the first truth is I can present to you the light And Jesus can draw you near, but unless you're willing to take those steps of faith towards him, you're not gonna experience that breakthrough that I talked about. And so I'm gonna ask our prayer team to come up here to the front. You may have wondered why these people stand up here. It's not just to watch you as you leave. They're here for you. Because here's the deal, when Jesus sent out the disciples, he didn't send them by themselves. He didn't say, hey, go by yourself and figure it out. He sent them out in pairs because Jesus knew it's difficult trying to do life alone that we were gonna need people to surround us, to be there for us, to carry us when we're broken and hurting. The Bible says that we bear one another's burdens. What does that mean? That means there are gonna be times when I'm going through life and it's gonna hit me so hard that my knees begin to buckle and I'm gonna need you to carry me. And there are gonna be times when you start to crumble and I'm gonna have to pick you up and carry you because we're in this together. And these people up here, they wanna pray for you. They wanna see that breakthrough take place in your life. They're here because they've experienced the light and now they wanna share that light with you. But you're gonna have to be bold and you're gonna have to fight through some people that are in a hurry to get to lunch to come down here to get everything that God has for you and your life. And listen, I don't care what you're going through, what you're walking through. 
There is no judgment and there is no shame here. But there is an opportunity for healing. There is an opportunity for wholeness. And there is breakthrough in this house. For others that are here, you're already in a good place. But the problem is, your light shines bright when you're here on Sundays. But Monday through Saturday, you try to hide it. You don't want your coworkers to know about it. You kind of lead a different life the rest of the days. And then you show up on Sunday and you feel kind of convicted and you feel kind of guilty. You ask God to forgive you. But then you leave here and you walk right back into the same darkness, the same destructive patterns. And I would encourage you today, just turn the light on. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you places in your life where you're falling short. Ask him to help you to see other people who are walking in darkness around you that you've overlooked and you knew you were supposed to go talk to them. You knew you were supposed to ask them how their day was and you didn't because you were worried about being judged. You were worried about what people might see, see or say and you were worried about potentially being canceled. Turn your light on not so that you can be glorified, but so that the Father can and so that others can come into relationship with his son, Jesus. And for others still, maybe your next step, man, is just being bold and starting to be more a part of the church instead of just a consumer of the church. To start participating and taking ownership and saying, hey, I wanna be a part of the work that they're doing. Wherever you find yourself today, I'm, I'm begging you, I'm imploring you, step into this light. Might be painful, might expose some things that you wished you didn't see or know about yourself. But I'm telling you, every time the Holy Spirit has ever exposed something in my own life, it's not to harm me. It's to make me better and to make me more like Him. Every head bowed, every eye closed, I ask you to do this just so it's not awkward for everybody else, so nobody thinks that they're looking at them. And I'm gonna ask you to kind of do something kind of bold. I didn't do this at the 9.30, but I felt like the Holy Spirit kind of got onto me. And here's what I'm gonna ask you to do. Nobody's looking around. But if this is for you today and you know you're in a dark place and you need Jesus to show up, I'm gonna to count to three and I'm just gonna ask you to lift your hand up in the air just for a second. You can put it right down. I promise you nobody's looking around. This isn't, this isn't so I can judge you, but I, I've been praying for whoever this is. I prayed last night. I prayed this morning. And I just wanna be in agreement in prayer with you. And then I'm gonna pray and I'm gonna ask if that's you. If you raise your hand, I want you to come forward to one of these prayer partners to allow them to pray for you. Are you ready? One, two, Three, I see those hands. I see those hands. Let me pray for you. Dearly Father, I thank you for your word. Jesus, I thank you that you are the light of the world. And for every individual that has raised their hands and those that knew they should have raised their hands, they don't have to walk in darkness anymore. I don't know what the situation is, but devil, I'm silencing you today in the name of Jesus. I rebuke you. And I command you to shut your mouth in the name of Jesus. I speak breakthrough over your children. I speak freedom over their minds. I rebuke a spirit of suicide. I rebuke 
rebuke fear and condemnation. I declare freedom in this house. And Holy Spirit, I ask that you would draw them, that they wouldn't leave this place until they've come up here to pray with somebody and that they would know that they have a church family that loves them and cares about them and wants to see you do amazing things in their life. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.